You're listening to True Wealth, a podcast that empowers and creates a world of true millionaires by providing knowledge, opportunity, resource, and experience. I'm your host, Travis Lytle. Today, y'all, is a special day. I have my lovely wife with me, and we're doing a part two series on mindsets of millionaires. So today we'll be talking about how millionaires do money, how they manage money, and I'll be sharing you a few secrets of how me and my wife manage our finances, and we'll tell you a little bit about what I see millionaires do. So we'll kind of get into that a little bit, but today be about Uh, The mindset of millionaires and how marriage and success and marriage and money. So like I told you, I have my lovely wife with me of 27 years and we gonna again share a few secrets. So Tanya, tell the world who you are. Well, hello. Hello. I am so excited to be here today with Travis Lytle. He's been so excited about his podcast and I've just kind of been looking from afar and cheering him on in the background So I'm so glad to be a part of it today. Everyone may know me by Tanya Lytle, but most people will affectionately say, oh, you're Travis Lytle's wife. And so we laugh about that because they really don't know me. They really know me as Travis Lytle's wife. So it's okay. I like to play that role. But just to give you a little background about me, my background is in accounting, but I took a turn uh, in my career and I moved into HR. So I've been an HR consultant for over 15 years and I've thoroughly enjoyed that because I enjoy working with people and I also have my background of accounting. So those things are, are actually my passion and I do a lot of community service, working with small businesses. That's just a little bit about me, but we're here today to talk about Travis and True Wealth. Yes, I believe Tanya's skill set and my skill set, they really complement each other. And I think that's why we have had some success in life. And again, uh, when she says she's accounting, believe me, she's a accountant and a detailed person. So we'll get into that a little bit. But again, I think that contribute a little bit to the success that we have just to do the different personalities and the different attributes that me and Tanya both share. Uh, so let's get into the episode a little bit. It'll be part two of mindsets of millionaires. How do the millionaires think? How do they live and things that nature? But even before we go into that, let me tell you about millionaires. Millionaires are ordinary people that make extraordinary sacrifices. So with this podcast, I'm really beginning to have fun. You know, as my friend Dion Sanders says, I'm about to get comfortable. If I get real comfortable, we will make more people be one of that 1000. So again, it's all about having fun and kind of educating others. And that's what the True Wealth Podcast is all about. It's all about how can we help our community? Money makes things change. You can do things with money. That's why I'm encouraging more people to become millionaires. And when I talk about people becoming millionaires, you heard me say this before. It's not being a millionaire when you retire it's about we need more millionaires now we need more millionaires in the game so that's what true wealth is all about to try to create more millionaires so tanya and you said that you listened to the true wealth podcast tell me the truth have you really listened to the true wealth podcast i have listened to every episode tell me what have you learned from the true wealth podcast so the most recent thing that i have learned is and it stuck with me, um, respecting your money. Oh, okay. Uh, I never really looked at it that way, 
but we respect our people that are around us, our friends, our family, our coworkers. Never thought about respecting our money, but it makes a whole lot of sense. So uh, that's one of the things that really stuck out to me, and I need to make sure going forward I am respecting my money. We need to make sure you're respecting the money for the sake of the Lytle family, you know. Uh, Let's talk about some stats on marriage and money and marriage and millionaires. So did you all realize that 92% of millionaire households in the U.S. are composed of married couples? That really stuck out with me, that 92% of the millionaire households are married couples. So that's saying a little bit about uh, marriage and money. And also they make up less than one third of the divorce rate of non-millionaire couples. So that's just good stuff. And I really believe marriage has a significant input on accumulating wealth. So again, that's some stats that I realize and I can attest to that if you don't accumulate any wealth, I think marriage has a lot to do with it, but more important, marrying the right person. So let's talk about that. Marrying the right person, how me and Tanya met and how I knew Tanya was the right person from the beginning. As Tanya told you all, she was accounting and again, Tanya was a very detailed person. And I really like that. But let me tell you another story. Tanya would be always writing stuff down, taking notes, scribbling on stuff. And I said, you know, that is uh, that, that's maybe some good. So I don't know if you know that I was checking you out, but I knew right then when you was taking notes and always writing things down, that was a good thing. But, you know, I'm going to tell you, I think early on that may have came back and haunt me some, worked against me. You've been so detailed. But I, again, I was taking notes. Yep. <laughs> I know you were taking notes and you didn't mind retracting those notes either. Right. <laughs> also, as your good friend Dion says, I was keeping receipts. <laughs> well, OK. You know, so again, I think note taking was a good thing. And I think I would say, look where it got us now. You know, you taking notes. That's just a difference in our personality. And that's kind of how we complement each other. I'm a visionary. I look at the big picture. You know, I think about what I want to do and down the road. And then, as you would say, you probably reel me in sometimes and you are more the detailed person. So, Tanya, what's your thoughts on our early days and, you know, how we met and how did you see me? (laughs) I'm glad you asked. So going back to how we met back in college, I just always remember when I first met you, you were this guy. Couldn't really figure out what you were doing, where you were headed. You had your own business. Let's just kind of go back to when I first met you. You were the owner of a club. So I'm thinking, hmm, not sure if I want to date a club owner. But then I later realized you also had a concrete business. So I kept trying to figure out what is going on with this guy. He seems like a great guy. He's a a college student. He got his degree in finance. So I'm thinking he's an entrepreneur by heart. He even owned a tax preparing business. So he just had a very diverse portfolio at our college days. So I'm thinking he's a college student. He's an entrepreneur. I think this is somebody I'm kind of interested in. So, of course, I had to keep taking my notes, checking them out, doing my research and uh, ended up he turned out to be a superstar. I think when I start digging, I realized, wow, I think I hit the jackpot this time. So uh, it just turned out to be someone that I really um, feel like was my soulmate. Like he said, 
from the moment I first met him, he's always been the visionary, big picture thinker. And I'm the detailed oriented one. I want to know all the details. I'm writing down step by step. What we need to do is it something that we can really pursue. We just always complimented each other very well. So that's kind of like how one episode me and my son was on. And he said, it's the difference between hustling and being a hustler. I guess I would be called myself a hustler. You know, I wasn't hustling because sometimes you can get caught up doing the wrong thing if you hustling and that's so temporary. But a hustler is just a starting spot. So I guess, you know, I had it in me from day one, but I think it just takes the right person in your life to really capitalize on all those things. So with that said, let's kind of go in a little bit deeper and share how we do our household finances and things of that nature. And as we share this, I would tell you, it's more than one way to do it. We just want to share something that works for us. And again, it may work for you and it may not work because it's still more than one way to do it. And these are the things that I've seen other millionaires do. So what me and Tanya found to work for us, we have a household account. And what we do, we deposit our money in a household account. By depositing our money in a household account, that make us accountable. So we don't just have money that we just blow. She hold me accountable. I hold her accountable. And we take that money again, put it in a household account, and we put it in different investment uh, vehicles. Some in, you know, a 401k, IRAs, and different things. But we just don't have money that we just keep around and we just said, this is just blow money. But again, sometimes I do wonder, you know, I see Tanya with a lot of purses and a lot of shoes, so I don't know. But I think that works for us to having that joint account and then kind of keeping each other accountable and then making sure that we invest in. And I would tell you a rule on that. You should invest 20%. You should save 20%. So if you can do that, that's what I talked about earlier. You know, uh, millionaires are ordinary people that make extraordinary sacrifices. So I just talked about 20% investment, 20% in savings. So I think that is the minimal that you can do. But even with that, let me take one step further. Once a year, we create a budget, you know, and that's kind of where my role is. I'm the big picture thinker. I come up with a budget and then we look at the budget and then Tanya helps me carry out the budget and make sure we stay on track all year. So, you know, you can just imagine her being accounting and tallying up. Are we on budget? Are we off budget? Should we spend this? Or should we not? But those, again, are good things that we do. And with that household account and with us being disciplined, that kind of make us have extra money so we can invest in opportunities. So when opportunities present themselves, we have extra money that we can invest. And let me tell you one little story about the budget that we do. You know, Tanya, I don't even know if you know this. So we do a budget every year and we do the budget around Christmas time. I think Tanya thought we do it because we usually take off around Christmas time and have a week off. We can kind of catch up. It's getting ready for the new year and things of that nature. But we create a budget around Christmas so I can go back and look and reconcile what Tanya has spent during Christmas. Tanya, that is not fair. Is yeah, it? Tanya loved Christmas and that sometimes get her in trouble. But again, what I would tell you, we do a budget every year, create the budget, see where we're at, review our budget, and then in our finances and our goals and set goals. And then we carry them out throughout the year and we keep track of where we at, where we off. And, you know, we like everybody else, we do get off sometimes on a budget. 
But I think by us being conscious of that, we know where we at at every given time. And so we can kind of get back on track if we get off track. So it's setting goals and having a budget. So Tanya, tell me a little bit. Did you know that's why we did the budget? No, no, I did not know that. I'm glad to have learned that today. I'll be a little more conscious of my spending during the holidays now. You but, love uh, us some Christmas. I do. Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year, and it always has been. And he knew that going in that my birthday is in December, December 21st, and it leads right into Christmas. So it's just a wonderful time to give and share with others. So I love it. And I don't know if he knows this, but another, I may be revealing something too. Because I do love Christmas so much, I do try to plan for it. And I put a little extra money to the side and me a little Christmas fund mm. so I can have Tough a, money, a few <laughs> extra dollars to spend in case Travis tighten up on the budget. But I just enjoy it. I, I enjoy, if I could buy everybody a gift for Christmas, I would do it. And Travis just looks at me and shakes his head. But it does hold me accountable. So having that budget in place, um, another funny story centered around household. Our son, he always laughs at us for as long as he can probably remember. He remembers talking about household or HH is what we would say sometimes. So he grew up knowing about, you know, how we try to do our budget, how we try to monitor our spending and just be as Travis would say, now respectful of our money. I didn't really have that term coined for what we were doing all these years, but it does make sense. And it just kind of helps keep you on track and keep you focused with your goals. Just loosen up a little bit around Christmas time, and I think we'll be all good. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know about that because we're on a roll you know, right now. Again, as I always talked about, you know, it's about in these times at our age now, it's about accumulating wealth so we can really help our communities. We can have money to pass on to our kids' kids. So, again, that's about true wealth, and that goes back to my core principles. And when I say the core principles, everybody heard me say that. That's K-O-R-E. That's having the knowledge, opportunities, resources and experience so i hope you all catching that you know you must have the knowledge and then you must have opportunities but bigger than that you must have the resources that's why you got to have a household account that's why you got to have a saving strategy because you got to have the resources ready and available to take advantage of the opportunities and that's what it's all about so you that's know. like staying ready so you don't have to get ready that's a good way to look at it so again that's just exercising our core principles and doing things of that nature because i really believe that's how you become a millionaire if you exercise the core principles k-o-r-e again that's what true wealth is all about so um let's jump in real quick on uh, wealth accumulation to uh, have a business so let me even go back one step further it's marrying the right person Y'all have to have the same goals and have some of the similar attributes to complement each other and really see things similar. And then that's kind of having a household, how you manage your money, having a strategy. And then that in return, you take that money and you invest it into a business and you have the resources to take advantage of the opportunities. You know, with doing that, sometimes you got to be a little uncomfortable and save and sacrifice and have delayed gratification. So we really believe in that. But again, when we do things, we are all on board when we talk about it, we talk it out and then we hold each other accountable. 
Then the next, you know, we have business opportunities. So we'll tell you all a little bit about how we decide on opportunities. So everything we do, we have roles and responsibilities in our opportunities. We treat it just like a business. So Tanya, you tell me a little bit about our different roles and responsibilities in the businesses. So I'll just make it plain with an example of where we did have one of my favorite businesses, which was the meal. It was an event hall. That was my baby. Our roles and responsibilities were I did most of the operations, day-to-day operations, the payroll, worked with the staff, everything on the front of the house. So Travis was considered our maintenance man is what we like to call him. So he would take care of maintenance, any repairs, any setup of the events. I think he kind of did the marketing as well, or at least he liked to say he, he handled the marketing, but that was his specialties. We just kind of made sure we separated our roles and responsibilities. We knew what each one of us was responsible for, and we did that, and we didn't get in each other's lane unless we needed assistance. And that's just worked universally for pretty much everything that we've done. Yep. Talking about the meal and business, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is that we even had roles and responsibilities before we decide to even invest. I would go out and look at the vision and see, is this a good opportunity? Bring it back to Tanya. Tanya would vet it. At times, she probably had to reel me back in. And, he could know, get ahead of himself sometimes. And I admit that. So, you know, we would both ask questions, make sure we can look at the things from the worst case scenario. What if this didn't happen like we think it should happen? What if we didn't make the money? Where would that land us? And so once we look at that, look at worst case scenario, then we say, go, we're all in on our roles and responsibility. And as Tanya mentioned, investment property. So again, I'll tell you, I would go out and find investment property, negotiate the financing, negotiate the price of the investment property. And then once I did that, Tanya would come in and handle the day-to-day, the accounting, the bookkeeping. You know, for some reason, I don't know why Tanya always keep the money. You know, everything we do, she handles the book. You know that, notice we talked about the meal. She would get the money coming in, the booking. She would handle the payroll and then uh, come to rent. I do all this work, go out there, find these tenants, go talk to the tenants, manage the relationship with the tenant. But who end up getting the money? Tanya. That just happened to be my skill set. And and, and that's good. And I would tell y'all, I'm laughing about it, but that has worked for us. That's what everybody find what they're good at and they execute on what they're good at. So Tanya is good at just kind of managing money, getting it to the right place where it need to be. And I think I'm pretty good at creating money and creating opportunities. So he's very good at that. It's probably not many days that he does not come home and say, Guess what? I got another idea. Or he'll wake me up in the middle of the night. Hey, I thought of another idea. Or he's just always thinking, always running into someone, always keeping his eye out on the opportunities. That's his strength. And we make sure we respect each other's strengths and we play off of that. So you all in your marriages, you just need to work with your partner. And that's what it is. It's a partnership. This is my husband, but this is also my lifetime partner and everything that we do it's a partnership between us and we respect each other when we do that. Yep. Yep. So last one, we'll tell you about the development. I think same thing with that. You know, I did a development and it worked out good. And then, you know, I had other partners in it and, and regardless, wherever I go, whatever I do, I try to bring Tanya along with me and Tanya looks out the money, make sure it's getting into the right places, making sure the budget is okay and things of that nature. So again, it really worked very well for us. So, you know, I would tell you all, 
This has been, you know, our key to success as we talked about how we manage our money. I think, again, making sure you marry the right person. And I think other millionaires would tell you that common factors and contribute to their success has been having an honest person, having somebody that's responsible, having somebody that's capable. And the last one is having the same goals. You know, in a relationship, you must have some goals and the goals must be the same. So with that saying, I like to say this quote, marrying the right spouse, life can be joyful and perhaps a millionaire experience. So, yeah, y'all take that to the bank and make sure you uh, tune in to uh, True Wealth. We'll keep talking about the mindset of millionaires. Uh, today, I just wanted to share some things that me and my wife go through and how we have had some success and what has made our marriage work and also what has made us a little money. Tanya, you have anything else you want to say? Um, you summed it up very well. I do want to thank you for allowing me to come in and share in this space with you. This is an incredible journey that you're on and you all just keep tuning in to True Wealth and uh, make sure that you're a part of the one of the 1000. So join in until next time. Thanks for listening to True Wealth, a podcast that empowers and creates a world of true millionaires by providing knowledge, opportunity, resource, and experience. If you like this episode, subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts.